This is the Boxing Betting Show with Tom Craze. Hello and welcome to Season 3, Episode 10 of the Boxing Betting Show. I'm your host, Tom Craze. We've got a busy fight weekend ahead of us and with three cards to talk about, we're going to get straight into the action. To help me look for the best value this weekend, I've invited back a friend of the show. You may know him from Twitter as the Combat Sports Better RC Fights, but this week, as we did last time he was on, I'll be referring to him as Ryan. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm good, Tom. How are you? Thanks for having me back on. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really good, Ryan. Thanks for coming back. I haven't told you this, actually, mate, and you'll know that I ran a survey a few months ago, and thanks to everyone who did um, fill that in, and it was a survey about the, the podcast and how I could improve the podcast. Now, in that survey, there was a question, and, and Ryan, you may remember this if you answered it. Uh, I asked the guys, who would your favorite guest be so far that, that I've had on the podcast? Um, and you actually picked up a few votes. A lot, of, a, a couple of people said RC fights, <laughs> RC fights. And that's obviously prompted me to get you back on um, here. And there was one response who was anonymous and it just answered, your Irish mate. <laughs> uh, so un- unless I've misjudged completely some previous guests' um, accents, I guess that means you um, as well. So who, whoever um, answered that survey with that, uh, with that response, this show, I guess, is for you. We'll start then with Friday night and Frank Warren's excellent looking double header, really, from the York Hall um, on BT Sport. Uh, Maruti Mtulane, uh, that's another one for pronunciation heads, uh, takes on Sonny Edwards. Uh, world title shot at flyweight for Sonny Edwards. Pretty monumental step up as well. Mtulane ranked the number one flyweight in the world by TBRB. He's number one in that he's still the top dog there. There hasn't been a lineal champion there since Roman Gonzalez back in 2016. Um, so is still ahead of Julio Cesar Martinez, Shokimura, some really good fighters. Sonny Edwards, as we know, been fighting kind of fringe alphabet types until quite recently, had a good win last time out against the um, kind of chronically underrated Thomas Asomba. Hasn't been long really since he's been fighting, you know, domestic guys dropped by Marcel Braithwaite a couple of years ago. This is either going to be a changing of the guard down at like uh, down at flyweight rather, or just one of those fights where it comes too soon for the challenger. Now, I really rate Sonny Edwards. I should say, really, really good technician, um, nice, patient fighter. Obviously, not a puncher, but that's not really what he's about. Brian, before we get too much into the odds, what were your reactions on this fight when it was first made? Um, it's I, I think for me, it's the fight of the weekend. To be totally honest. It's re it's really intriguing fight. Like M Talani is such such a fantastic fighter. He's boxed at at the same weight flyweight for over twenty years, which is quite remarkable, really. And as you said, I do rate Sonny Edwards as well. He's really good technical boxer. As you said, he's maybe not the most powerful, but it's it's a really interesting fight. This it's really interesting. M Talani, it's thirty eight years old, um, so really ancient for the weight, but he's an excellent fighter. He is the favourite here from Talani. So 8 to 13 general price, which is uh, minus 163, 62% in, uh, in implied probability. Edwards at 13 to 10, slight underdog. How do you kind of react to Edwards sitting so close to even money? Well, there's been a good bit of money around this week for Edwards. I've yeah. seen, I mean, as his price has started to crumble a bit and you cannot definitely understand that why. I mean, in my notes here, the first thing I've written down is judging. Um, that's obviously, you know, it has to play a massive factor in in your process when you're handicapping this fight, really. I mean, if you look at the prices now, if you if this fight was, say, in South Africa, I mean, what price would M. Talani be? Probably one to four, one to five. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, Edwards definitely has a path to win here. I mean, M. Talani, he can definitely be outboxed. He was against Higashi in the first couple of rounds last time he was outboxed. Hmm. Um, but he keeps coming forward. He'll keep a relentless pace. You know, he'll keep a superb work rate and he'll, he'll put pressure on Edwards from the first bell. Um, but actually, it's, it's quite funny because Sonny Edwards' brother, Charlie, was in a very similar fight, in my opinion, against Chris Rosales. And I actually backed Rosales that one, thinking that he Did wouldn't you? be able to he wouldn't yeah. be able to cope with the pressure of Edwards. Sorry, Edwards wouldn't be able to cope with his pressure. But he act, Ed, uh, Charlie Edwards actually boxed beautifully that night, if you remember, Tom. And he just kept up a relentless pace for 12 rounds. And if, I mean, if Sonny Edwards can keep up a good pace here, if his cardio is good, I think he could box his way to a decision. 
Yeah, I, I, I do remember. I, um, that was the white Chisora rematch, um, wasn't it, on, on the undercard? I was I was ringside that night. And it's not very often that we disagree, but I, I backed Charlie Edwards that night. Um, and yeah, like you say, a beautiful, really beautiful performance. And it never really looked in doubt. He, he kind of set out his stool quite early, which was which is quite pleasing. And, you know, when, when you've got a, a fight like that where, where you've backed the underdog and it's a big step up, it's quite... It's kind of quite reassuring that he settled so well. Um, in terms of the pricing, you have to factor in that Edwards is obviously the, the home fighter, the house fighter um, here. And the fight is, I would say it's likely to go the distance or it feels like it is. But the thing is, Umtulani is well used to fighting on the road. You know, been in Japan for his last couple. He's fought in, you know, he's been around forever, but he's fought in Malaysia, Macau, um, Italy, Vegas. Obviously you have to, travel around a bit to get the best fights at the at the lower weights but that's exactly what he's done he's obviously fought a few in South Africa as well it's a big leap of faith though isn't it, it you know Edwards Edwards was dropped by Marcel Brayfight let's remember um he went on to win very well and but Edwards hasn't fought anyone in or around the top 10 apart from that and now he's gone straight up to number one against a guy who can punch is there a, a danger do you think that there's a kind of a bit of overestimation here or, or do you think it's a case of timing that they've looked at him Talani and said like 38 years old been out for nearly 18 months is now a good time to be getting him yeah I think they'd have to be thinking that anyway I mean he hasn't fought in over a year he's 38 and look undoubtedly at some point he's going to fall off a cliff and just not be the fighter he once was whether that's this fight who knows um I mean, I think he's quite a good style matchup for Edwards in a way because he's mm. going to be, he's relatively flat-footed. He keeps a high guard and he's a come-forward pressure kind of fighter. And Edwards could definitely make him make him miss and and, and he could definitely tag M. Talani himself. In, without doubt, I think Edwards is going to win some of the early rounds here. I have actually, I think, I've written down here that this could be a good live betting spot. If um, maybe if Edwards takes, you know, the first three, four rounds, but he kind of looks like he's starting to slow you might get a, a big, big enough price on him to land any leave. I think you're right, though. You know, if you're targeting a world title for Sonny Edwards, this is a much more stylistically favourable matchup than than going after, you know, Martinez, for example, isn't it? It's, that's not the type of fight you would you'd be anyone chasing down, really, at the moment. Um, how would you think... Well, I mean, I, I was going to say, how do you think Sonny Edwards gets it done? But there's really only way, one way that he does get it done, isn't there, in, in fights? And that's why the decision price is... It's what six to four um, for Edwards, so forty percent. It's only thirty-eight percent he wins outright. So that you know, the layers are saying it's Edwards by decision or, or bust for him, basically. And Tulani is a puncher though. Um, Twenty-six knockouts in. I say he's a puncher. That's maybe a bit of an exaggeration. Twenty-six Ks and 40 percent chance. So six to four that he wins by stoppage. And Tulani. Seven to two, so plus three fifty that he gets a decision, and the Sunny Edwards um, stoppage. I shouldn't laugh really. Uh, top price twenty to one with uh, bet three six five that Edwards gets his fifth career stoppage. I can't really see Edwards stopping him to land. He he's quite solid at the way. He, yeah. His last time he was stopped was against Denier like thirteen years ago, and that was when Denier was kind of entering his prime as well. Um, Edwards just isn't really a hitter. He, he tends even if he does, if you ever see him in fights and he does, you think he can get a fella out of there he kind of he kind of does tend to you know admire his work a bit sometimes um I, th- I think it's kind of a two-way fight really I think if Edwards win- wins it's likely to be points and I think if M. Talani wins it it has to be a KO and that's it's kind of shown in the in the prices that we're seeing um odds on that the fight goes to distance 8 to 11 um top price for Skybet uh minus 138 so 58% that it goes to 12 and uh, odds again, it's 11 to 8 best price with Betfred um, that ends inside the distance. To me, this feels more than a 58% chance that it goes to 12 rounds for me, um, especially when you're ruling out an Edwards stoppage in theory. What do you make to those? Any lean there? Yeah, I'd agree with you that it, that it deems a distance fight. I think the only mm-hmm. real question mark is whether Edwards can keep up a pace against a guy like M. Talani over 12 hard rounds. I'm, that seems to be the only question mark for me. If he can, then, it, then it's going to go 12 rounds. If not, then I think M. Talani might get to him late. I think there's some M. Talani 9-12 out there 
in rounds nine to twelve at, at around eleven to two, six to one. I think if you're looking to bet Emtalani, I think that might be the way to go because even in his last fight against Igashi, he, he kind of just systematically broke him down and took him out late. Um, and he tends to do that quite a bit. I mean, Edwards is going to be quite fresh in there early. I, I can't really see him being blown out early. I mean, I think if Emtalani does win this, it's going to be late between round, maybe rounds nine to twelve. The second fight then on the Warren card. Michael Conlon against uh, Ina Baluta. Baluta's no joke, um, and he's kind of earned this shot. Now, I know a few um, out there who've done very well on his last couple of outings. He's had two upset wins in a row, one against TJ Tahini and one against, um, and he stopped David um, Oliver Joyce in three rounds, again, on a Queensbury card not long ago. So he's kind of fought his way into this. He's not the most kind of glamorous of, of opponents, but he's a dangerous one. Conlon is going to be his third... Irish opponent in a row. He doesn't like the island of uh, Ireland for some reason, um, which is why, Ryan, you might have something to say about this one. <laughs> um, yeah, you know me, Tom, as well, that I'm actually probably an unpatriotic Irishman. I do tend to bet against our You're fighters quite a bit. Them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, as you said, Blue Day, he's, he's made the name from the off beaten Irish guys, TJ Dahini and, and Davey Oliver Joyce. Uh, and he actually was really impressive in that Joyce fight. Yeah, he yeah. kind of just just blitzed through him inside three rounds. It was actually a really good performance. This isn't probably a spot that I'd be looking to get to back against Conlon, to be honest. But the, I I do agree the Conlon price here at like two to nine, one to five is is quite short, to be honest. It's not something not something I'd look be looking to get involved in either. I'd say just usually with a Conlon fight, you just back Conlon to win on points. It is kind of the way to go. Mm-hmm. I think it was at featherweight, and obviously before the move down, I think Conlon looked. I think he looked pretty good against um, Takut last time. I really rate Conlon, but sometimes you, you kind of just want him to do a little bit more. Um, I think the the key point here is, though, that Michael Conlon is not a David Oliver Joyce and he's not a, you know, he's not a TJ Tahini. He's a very, very well-schooled fighter, very, very technically good fighter. And it's, you look at his record, this is not a step up for um, for Conlon in terms of pedigree, whereas it is for Baluta. And, you know, is this a little bit too far, you know, one step too far? If it's not, then suddenly Baluta's, you know, a contender on the on the world stage. But, I mean, looking at the prices here, uh, Baluta 10 to 3 underdog, um, Conlon 1 to 4, as you say. So 80% um, implied chance that Conlon wins. I think I, I don't have much argument with that. And I, I, I think you could... Weighing everything up, if that opened shorter for Conan, I wouldn't have had many complaints. And I think I would certainly want bigger than 10 to 3 to be backing Baluta now. Although, as you say, he's, I can't remember the prices off the top of my head of what he was against Joyce and Tahini, but I believe he was bigger than, than 10 to 3, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a really big underdog against Tahini, if I remember. Mm. Um, and it was that fight was actually quite close. It was it was quite strange. He got the decision out in Dubai. Um but yeah, as you're saying, I I definitely need a lot bigger than ten to three to back him here. Yeah, um, yeah. but likewise on the other end, I, I don't think I could get involved with Conlon that short of a price either. Um, Baluta is he's quite tough from what I've seen. He he does seem to be quite sturdy, quite strong, and and probably quite durable. So I'd imagine he probably sees out the the ten rounds here, and a Conlon points win at eight to thirteen is is actually quite appealing in that aspect. Yeah, I was going to say 8 to 13 Conlon decision, 4 to 6. Yeah, 60% 60 chance that Conlon wins a decision. I think that's okay. I think every Conlon fight so far, if you if you were given 60% that it would go to the decision, that's, I think that's okay, isn't it? You know, you, you wouldn't argue too much of that. Uh, 3 to 1 that Conlon stops him, just for Baluta. 9 to 1 that he wins a decision. I would have that longer. Um, and 7 to 1 that he wins a stoppage Interesting point about Baluta, I think. He's only got three KOs in 14 wins, but he's a bigger puncher, as, as Joyce found out last time. I think he's a bigger puncher than, than that record indicates, isn't he? Yeah, I actually have that written down in my notes. I think he's a much bigger puncher than his record would indicate, mm-hmm. um, especially because in a few fights previous against um, Kyle Williams, who's kind of a domestic-level fighter, he, he um, dropped him a couple of times, I think, and had him in real bad trouble. Um so, yeah, he, he definitely hits harder than the three KO wins would indicate. The last fight that we'll talk about on the Queensbury card then, Kieran Smith against Troy Williamson. And we were messaging early in the week when the odds for this first came out. 
Uh, and I think we came to pretty much the same kind of snap conclusion. The odds have come in a little bit since then. There's been a bit of money for Forsmith to tighten up the um, the prices, but he was a six to four underdog um, against Williamson. Williamson was about eight to 15. I thought, felt that was a little bit too wide and, 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 and you said the same. What were your reasons for kind of thinking that? And I'm, I'm guessing you you kind of jumped on that early price too. Yeah, I managed to, to get some of the early price. Um, here, I, I don't really rate Williamson is, is kind of my case behind this. Um, his last time out, if you saw the Harry Scar fight, he lost that fight without a doubt. Um, I had it 7-3 when I first watched it. And when I rewatched it the other day, I, I scored the same 7-3. Um, so he's definitely a fighter that I'm, that I'm looking to oppose here. Um, I actually think even the price that is now 5 to 4, 11 to 10, I think that's more than fair. I think Smith's going to go off a, a favourite here come, Saturday, or come Friday night. Look, Williamson, is he's kind of a powerful guy, but you know there's not really much to him, in my opinion. And I think he's going to have his hands full here with Smith, who's six foot two, who's a he's a huge light middleweight. He's really long, he's rangy, he's a southpaw. He's, he's a, he has an excellent jab, and is a, he picks his shots really nicely. The one worry I would have with Smith is is that he tends to mark up quite a bit in a few of his fights. He 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 gets caught, um, and he's also been out of the ring for about eighteen months now, which is you know there's obviously the ring rust factor there. But he's still only 27, so even in that time off, I, I would assume that he's improved quite a bit. Um, so, yeah, S- S- Smith here, anything odds against, I think, is is a really fair price. You're listening to The Boxing Betting Show. We'll move on then to the matchroom pay-per-view from the Manchester Arena, um, headlined by uh, Derek Chisora versus Joseph Parker. And, Ryan, I was saying to you before, just before we started recording, by chance, really, and it completely slipped my mind when I invited you back on, that you were the guest when we previewed Chisora's last fight, which was against um, Alexander Yusik, of course. So apologies, but inadvertently, you've become the show's kind of unofficial Derek Chisora correspondent. If you keep plugging away, we might promote you to uh, maybe Dillian White or, or, or someone like that. Um, or maybe Joseph Parker. Let's let's see. I think this is kind of an interesting fight, but it's, it's not the most... Um, it's kind of coming for some criticism, as you might expect for a guy with 10 losses um, headlining a pay-per-view. Parker, the bookies reckon, is the slight favourite. Four to seven, best price available at the moment. So minus 175 and implies 64% chance that Parker gets the nod here. Sorry, gets a win here. And gets a nod implies a decision win. And Chisora, six to four, about 40% shot. Um, general price really across the industry the draw um, anything north of 20 to 1. A few points to mention here I think obviously Chisora had his momentum stopped he was on a really good run and he was kind of looking like he was he was on a a last a last chance but he's he's a guy who's had a lot of last chances over the years really. Um, Parker we last saw more recently against Junior Farr he's since split with his um, trainer Kevin Barry and, and linked up with um, Andy Lee, which is an interesting um, combination. And all reports are saying that he's he's looking very good. Um, and they, there's some good noises coming out. They, they're saying they're working on his footwork, working on his variety, which is kind of the noises you want to hear from the trainer of a guy who, who's kind of tailed off a little bit. You know, Parker lost to Dillian White, obviously lost to Joshua before that, looking for something to really kind of reignite him. And he, he really needs a win here. Chisora can probably take another one and carry on doing what he's doing to, to a degree. Parker, I think this is, if he loses this, he's, he's in the wilderness a bit. Brian, what, what do you make of this fight? I, I've spoken to a, a few people and they mix reactions, really. Some people think this fight is, is guaranteed action. Some think, people think it's going to be an absolute stinker. Where do you sit on this? Yeah, it's, it's two fighters, really, who have a, a tendency to be either really on it or, you know, stink the place out. If you look at Parker, his last couple have been quite underwhelming, to be honest. Um, he wasn't that impressive against Junior Fa, uh, against kind of a shell of Alex Leopold. He he wasn't impressive there either. Um, Chisora, though, last time against Usyk, put up put up a great fight, even in defeat. It was one of his better performances, I thought. Um, look, I think this fight it, it can there's. Uh, so many ways it could go. It could be really, really boring, or it could be, as you said, an all-action fight. Um, mm. the, the, when you're coming to the prices on this, the outright prices, I mean, I, I find it hard to kind of back either guy at the prices mm. that they're, to be totally honest. Um, 
I think this is this definitely seems to me to be a distance fight. I've backed the fight to go over ten and a half rounds. I got some early eight to eleven on that, which I thought was a really generous price. Um, Parker obviously has one of his best assets is his chin. Um, Chisora as well. You know he hasn't been stopped that often. Um, and definitely hasn't been stopped in a, in a since the last white fight, I believe. Um, yeah. And as well as that, with the fight likely to go the distance in in a contest in a contest that could maybe go either way. I think the draw at 22 to one I'm seeing is looks quite big as well. I'm glad you said that. Um, I've got in, in my notes here, um, the prices and I've got a, a bullet point that says Parker with Andy Lee question mark. And then underneath I've got uh, distance question mark. So we, we might see that the same way. I think in the, in the outright prices, I would be closer to backing Chisora at six to four than I would Parker four to seven. I, I think he's a, maybe a bit of a flaky favorite at that price, but if he has improved with Andy Lee, he, you know, in, there there is a way that he wins this quite comfortably. But Chisora, if as you say, Brian, we've seen both of these in some really bad fights. Um, Chisora, we know can stink the place out, but people use that um, they use the kind of Caviel fight really as a, a stick to beat him with quite a lot. But that was it's getting on a few years ago, and he's kind of had that reinvention since then. That he's you know, war Chisora, let's say, but. He's coming forward a lot more. He's pretty relentless these days. And he doesn't seem the type of fighter who is just there happy to kind of, you know, stand off and, you know, look confused like he did that night. And Parker, you know, Parker actually said the same. After the Joshua fight, Parker went into, I'm trying to remember which fight it was. Sorry, after not after the Joshua fight, after the Dillian White fight. Um, and he said, I'm going to be a bit more aggressive. Uh, I think it was going into the Winters fight and he he blitzed Winters. I know Winters isn't, you know, anything, anything close to world level as, um, as Alan Babich proved, but he he was fighting with a bit more authority and then kind of lost it again um, against Junior Farr. And that was a really, it was a pretty labour performance, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I agree. I think this looks like a distance fight um, or at least a longer fight, uh, 10 to 11. So slight odds on best price actually that it goes the the distance that's a sky bet a little bit shorter um elsewhere eight to eleven but even money best price that it doesn't the kind of the best case outcome here is that this is a bit of a war and that you know they're both trading in the middle but I, i'm not sure i i see it and even if even if i did you think they're sturdy enough to to kind of you know at least last last a fair few uh if not until the final bell so yeah i agree i I haven't kind of delved into the overs market, but I have to say, I do think the, the 10 to 11 on the distance has some appeal. Um, and I think I'd be closer to backing that uh, than the other way around. If you were to pick a winner, though, um, Ryan, looking at the methods, you've got Parker decision as the, the favoured outcome, seven to four, um, implied 36% chance, um, plus 175, uh, followed by the Parker knockout in nine to four, uh, which is uh, 31%. Further back, you've got Chisora stoppage, um, three to one, or a Chisora decision, four to one, uh, nine to two. Where would your money be be going there if you if you weren't involved in the the over under? Yeah, I suppose if if I had to kind of lean away, and that's in in the mm. method of victory market, it would probably be a Chisora decision. I'd I'd imagine you can get some nine to two out there, four to one. Um, yeah. I mean, Joseph Parker is is a really sturdy fighter. I don't, I can't imagine um, Chisora KO on him. To be honest, I think the Chisora KO prices and and the decision prices are are, are the wrong way around. To be totally honest, um, but there are some other markets that I actually found interesting. Bet three six five actually have either fighter to win a split decision at six to one here, or either fighter to win a majority decision at twelve to one. Um, especially that six to one on a split stands out because even if mm. one guy clearly wins, you might get that one row card in there from a from a judge. Um, I mean, I, I I do quite like the six to one on a, on it to be a split. I can see it being a real kind of close affair. Maybe maybe not the most exciting fight as you were alluding to a, a minute ago. Next, then on the card, Katie Taylor takes on Natasha Jonas in a defence of her obviously her undisputed um, crown at lightweight. Tasha Jonas, we saw fight to a draw against um, Terry Harper. That was down at um, Super Feather. Uh, this is five pounds further up. Potato, as you'd expect, is the is a firm favourite. Um, one to four, the best price with Paddy Power Betfair. Jonas at seven to two. 
so plus 350, 22%, and a best price of uh, 14 to 1 on the draw. The obvious bet here, I think, and you're you kind of getting to the point where it's the obvious bet for any Taylor fight, maybe too obvious, is a Taylor decision. You look at her record, her last uh, one, two, three, four have all ended by decision. Um, of course, 10 round distance, two minute rounds makes that a bit easier. Um, you have to go back over two years now um, for the last Taylor stoppage against Rose Volante. Jonas, you take away the kind of the Terry Harper fight. And obviously, you know, she's she's had her struggles in the past. But do you see kind of any way that she's live in this fight at, at seven to two? Um, not for me, no. Look, it, w- it was unlucky on it, really, because I think the consensus was that she kind of edged out Terry Harper in that fight. Yeah, um, yeah. So she was kind of unlucky to not be a world champion. But um, I just think this is a really bad stylistic matchup for her. Um, I think she's going to struggle with how fast Taylor's hands are and her ability to get in and out of range. Um, and like you said here, the first thing I've written down is Taylor points, question mark. Um as as most Taylor fights, it's probably the way it's going to go. I mean, she, her last fight against um, Gutierrez, uh, she she won every second of the fight, but it was kind of under, underwhelming that she didn't manage to to finish mm-hmm. her there. But Taylor, even in the outright prices, the the one to four, one to five, I'm I'm happy to add that to doubles and trebles. Yeah, for me, this is I think this is probably a straightforward Taylor decision. What would your price on on Taylor be here? Probably closer to one to seven, one to six. Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah. The decision, 8 to 13, minus 163, 62%. I think if you're looking at Taylor's record, you'd have to say 62% seems seems low, doesn't it? That that looks an okay price. The argument, I guess, people are making for for the Taylor stoppage goes back to the uh, the Vivian Obanoff defeat for... Um, for Jonas, going back a while now, I know, but there there is that kind of vulnerability that people will be looking at saying, well, well Jonas can be stopped and Taylor, you know, is, is she just a bit too good? Again, I think I'd want bigger than, than three to one, seven to two. Jonas 14 to one to get the stoppage and 11 to two for the decision and 12 to one for another draw for Jonas. So it's hard to make a case for her though, isn't it? I think you know, I think the, the obvious route would be to say, well, maybe she can outwork Taylor, but she, she's got a lot, you know, she's got an uphill battle, hasn't she? Yeah, it's 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 quite hard, I think, to, to see a way that she kind of edges this out. I mean, I'd, I'd rate Katie Taylor a lot better than Terry Harper, and, and that was a real close fight. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I just think Taylor is probably bigger, stronger, faster, probably better in all aspects of the game, really. Dimitri Bivol against Craig Richards in a defense of Bivol's light heavyweight title. As you would expect, this is very wide in the betting odds. Would be a huge, huge upset if Craig Richards were to upset someone of the class of Bivol. And Bivol, he's been inactive, but you kind of look at his record and you realize how good he is, or you know, if, if you've forgotten in the first place. Beat Joe Smith Jr. a couple of years ago, and that win is looking really, really good as time goes by and, and Smith keeps kind of winning won pretty much every round against Joe Smith. Um, he's beaten Pascal, he's beaten uh, Sullivan Barrera. Craig Richards, we saw, looked really good against um, Shaq and Pitters and, and stopped him um, late on in that. It was a good fight. Before that, very much, well, and that fight included very much domestic level fighter, um, beat Andre Sterling, beat um, Jake Ball, draw with Chad Sutton. This is a, a shot that's come out of the blue, really. No surprise that the odds makers make it a... They're expecting a, a, a pretty much a whitewash. Um, Dimitri Bivol is the one to thirty-three favourite um, in places. That's for bet three six five. He's also one to twenty-five, one to fifty. Craig Richards' worst price you're going to get on him is uh, nine to one. Get him at ten to one, uh, sixteen to one in places. Uh, draw obviously massive at thirty-threes. I saw a, a thread on Twitter the other day. This would be right up there in terms of the greatest British upsets um, ever. I think if if Craig Richards were to pull this off, despite the fact it's kind of hidden away a little bit um, down the card, do you see any um, light for the uh, the underdog here? Um, no, <laughs> uh, to me, to me, it's just, it just seems like a total mismatch on paper, and that's yeah. not to disrespect Richards at all. He's a, a really good domestic level light heavyweight. He had yeah, a great yeah. win over Pitters last time, but I mean, this is 
he's stepping up so many levels here. It's it's ridiculous. Um, I suppose the one thing that maybe frustrates people with Bivol besides his kind of inactivity is that he still kind of has that amateurish style to his game. I think that's probably that's probably the the one thing you could you could maybe say is is not the best about Bivol, but there really is no doubt in his ability. He's he's truly an elite level operator, as you alluded to. The wins over Joe Smith Jr. and Jean Pascal look a lot better now as well with what they've done since. Um, I just think there's there's just a massive difference in, in talent here. And I think Bivol could probably end this whenever he wants to. How do you go about getting Bivol on side here then, if, if you do at all? Bivol stoppage, 4 to 11. So uh, what's that? Minus 275. 73% implied that he stops Craig Richards. 5 to 2, best price, the decision. Richards stoppage fourteen to one decision forty to one and plus four to eleven though on the on the bivol stoppage is that a little bit short for a fighter who as you say he, he's quite content sometimes to take his time and, and, and box he he can stop guys in the blink of an eye equally but he's not a guy you'd well put it this way he's not a guy I'd like to be backing at at four to eleven for a stoppage even though the levels here are pretty and um, plain to see right. Yeah, I'd agree there. Um, yeah, I mean, Richards, he, we've never really seen him in too much trouble either. I mean, he's fought good domestic guys in like Frank Buglioni and Shikan Pitters last time, obviously, and he's never really been never really been in trouble. But as, as we alluded to with Bivol, the, the one frustration is that he can be still a bit amateurish. It hasn't been kind of molded out of his game yet. And and that shows in kind of his records, record. He should probably have more stoppages than, mm. than is actually on the record. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be inclined to to go mad at the four to eleven KO price. I think that's a bit short. I think if you want to break it down, I think maybe Richards might last into the second half of the fight. So maybe a Bivol seven to twelve stoppage, or yes, Bivol seven to twelve mightn't be the worst look to play this one. Yeah, uh, Bivol seven to twelve, four to six. I think of of the two, if you comparing that to the Bivol rounds one to six, um, at seven to four, I prefer the six to four um, on the late to the seven to four early, wouldn't you? 36% mm-hmm. that he gets it done in the second half of the fight. Further down the card, Chris Eubank Jr. returns at middleweight in a fight that really was written off by most, um, if not all, as a bit of a mismatch when the card was um, was lined up. He's against Marcus Morrison, and Eubank, unsurprisingly perhaps, is an overwhelming betting favourite. Best price of 1 to 40 available with Unibet, 1 to 50, so minus... 5,000 and 1 to 100, so minus 10,000 available as well. So 98% chance, roughly, uh, on Eubank at the uh, the general price there. Morrison, a 16 to 1 shot, 10 to 1 at worst. I think it's hard to argue against Eubank here and, and Eubank looking pretty good. But Ryan, you've spotted a bet um, earlier in the week that you quite like the look of and maybe was kind of playing contrarian a little bit. Yeah, I, m- I might be going against the grain a bit here, but I did quite like the over 5.5 rounds in this one. Um, look, on paper, of course, it's a mismatch. I don't think there's any argument that Eubank is going to lose this fight. Um, but I mean, he's had four minutes of ring time in two and a half years. Um, so he might very well be looking to get rounds in here. And even in that Karabov fight, I remember backing him that fight and he lost the first round decisively. So I was kind of, I was kind of, uh, delighted that Karabov pulled out in the second round with an injury. Obviously not, not delighted uh, that he got hurt. But look, Morrison himself was was once a really highly touted prospect. I remember Joe Gallagher, I think, came out with a comment that he was the middleweight Anthony Joshua, mm, which yeah. is a quite quite funny looking back on it now. But even himself, he, he's he he has got his career back uh, back on track. He's lost to a couple of journeymen, but um, he, in the last couple of years, he he went out to Italy and beat Blandamore over there, which kind of kick-started his career again I know he's in a big fight for for him here which could totally change change his career um I think he I think he does have enough about him to, to maybe get to the second half of the fight and and get to that midway point in the sixth round I mean you might be you might be watching behind your fingers or behind the couch but but um I think he, he might be able to get there moving on then to the card in the states this weekend Andy Ruiz um takes on Chris Ariola. Now, it's not often you'll see a 1-20 to shot as the main event um, of a pay-per-view show, but luckily for them, our friends in the US are getting treated to two in the space of about six weeks. 
The other, of course, is Floyd Mayweather against Logan Paul, uh, Logan Paul being the Paul brother who can't box. As of last night, remarkably, both uh, Andy Ruiz and Floyd Mayweather were the same price, uh, 1 to 25 with Skybet to win their respective fights, so 96% implied probability. Uh, now, I would argue that at least one of those prices is wrong, possibly both, but you decide. Andy Ruiz has actually been backed in since, in the hours since last night, now 1 to 33 with Skybet, but 1 to 20, the best price now across the industry, that's with Betway, and as short as 1 to 50 elsewhere. Um, so at best, a 95% implied chance. That puts Ariola as a top price of 12 to 1, um, 8%. Now, Ryan, I can't say I like this fight at all, really. Uh, Ariola, 40 years old now, hasn't fought for nearly two years, and really wasn't up to all that much before that hiatus either, or, or at least was, I think it'd be fair to say, well past his best. But what we do know about Ariola is that he tends to fight fire with fire. I'm stealing this from BoxRec, but Ariola's 1,125 punches thrown against Karnatsky were the most by a heavyweight in CompuBox's 34-year history. The main interest here, though, of course, is Ruiz's comeback. Um, he looked awful, both physically and performance-wise, in the re rematch against Joshua in December 2019. Since teamed up with Eddie Reynoso, arguably the best trainer around at the moment and certainly one of the most informed gyms. Ruiz is a volume puncher himself. So this could be an interesting style matchup um, and it maybe it will be a bit of a pleasant surprise and these styles will gel. How do you see it, um, Ryan? Is this the dud or do you think it's going to be a, a, bit, of a, um, a bit of a war? I think it's probably likely one-sided. Um if you look at Ruiz, I, I think in hindsight, he probably needed that loss to Joshua, didn't really, didn't he, uh, to kind of regain that focus and drive. And if you look at the images online, he looks to be in great shape, to be honest. He, so obviously the link up with Reynoso has went well. Um, Ariola, of course, has been around the block a long time. He, he's, he was once tough. I don't know if he's still as tough as he once was in mm. terms of durability. Um, obviously managed to go eight with Wilder. But I do just wonder in this fight, I want the total sits at six and a half rounds. I wonder if that's a round or two high, maybe. I think maybe it might be four, should be 4.5 or 5.5. Um, I mean, hopefully with the with the link up with Reynoso, Ruiz will, will be a lot more aggressive. He'll be looking to to get on top of Ariola a lot quicker and, and hopefully get him out of there quite early. That's interesting. Okay. No, I, I think with, with Ruiz, the, the plan is to is to get him into a fight with Wilder at some point, whether that's later this year or early next year. I think that's the where they're, they're kind of steering him. And whether he'll be, as you say, he's in good shape. He's lost what, at least a few stone um, of those that we saw him in, uh, in Saudi. And we know that when he's in form and he's at least fitter, he's a really good fighter. But I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm kind of steering towards rounds here, you know. If you look at Ariola. He's inactive, but he, as you say, he managed seven full rounds of Wilder, stopped in the eighth, stopped in the sixth by Stavern. That's, you know, what's that, seven, eight years ago now. I thought the, I actually thought, and, and I'm always a bit worried when we disagree. I've got here eight to 13, 62% um, for the over 5.5. Looks a little bit short to me. If Ariola is anything like he was before, this kind of inactivity, I think he's stubborn enough to stick around. I, I actually, I've jotted down here that I like the over 6.5 um, odds against 11 to 10, so one, plus 110, 48%. And it's it's worrying me now that you said uh, you, you like the other way. Do you, do you really think the Reynoso link up and the obviously the weight loss and stuff, do you think he's going to come out and really just kind of make a statement? Or I, I could certainly see him stopping Ariola late, but I'm not sure I see the blowout if Ariola is anything approaching match fitness. Yeah, I suppose look, I suppose it's the great thing about opinions and stuff that we can we can both be going against each other here. I haven't bet the under 6.5, mm -hmm. and I'm not sure I'm going to, especially now that you're leaning the other way too, like you said. Um but I mean the link uh, the link up with Reynoso can't have a negative impact for Ruiz's yeah. career. That's for certain anyway. Um Maybe he's looking to get rounds in here. Obviously, as you said, I, I agree that I think that the Wilder fight is one that they'd definitely be looking to 
to uh, make in, in the future and whether Ruiz wants to go out and make a statement to ensure that that's the fight that is made who knows as you said Ariola himself is tough we haven't seen him we haven't seen him now for about a year and a half going on two years and it was against Kanaki and obviously as you said he broke a compu box record there I think didn't he um so look he's he's still as game as they come he's gonna go you know what you're gonna get from Ariola he's gonna come in he's gonna try throw a lot of shots he's gonna you know he's maybe not the most skillful heavyweight out there but, but he's gonna try rough Ruiz up and, and make it a bit of a fight um yeah, I'm kind of questioning myself now as well that that you're leaning towards the over, so which I suppose is is the good thing about having opinions, really, isn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, what I would say is don't let me um, don't let me put you off. Uh, it may well be that I've misread this completely. Um, I think, I mean, looking at the looking at the method of victory, what I think I do know for sure is I think the regardless of whether Ruiz wins quickly or, or late or at all, I think the one to four implied 80% for the Ruiz stoppage. That looks really short to me. Um, he's 22 Ks from from 33 wins, so 67%, two thirds of all his wins come by stoppage. But he's not a, he's not a kind of one punch kind of guy. You know, he, he is very, very good combination puncher, will put pressure on, but Ariola will bring it. And yeah, he could, you know, maybe he'll, he'll just get worn down by the pressure or, you know, he, He's not going to fancy that kind of pace at this point in his um, in his career, but I think that looks really short. And the Ruiz decision seems like a bit of a leap of faith in that that's a long, you know, it's a long way for Ariola to survive, even at, at ten to three for Ruiz, um, you know, seven to two um, on the decision there for Ruiz as well. But you're saying that this fight is is one sided, and I I don't disagree with that, but how do you get Ruiz on side then if it's if it's one to four for the stoppage or do you think that's that that's okay no that's I definitely wouldn't be looking to get involved with that as short a price as that because yeah. if you look at Ruiz's record I mean as you said he's not a one punch guy yeah. and he has gone rounds with some heavyweights that probably aren't the most durable I mean he's gone the distance with Zimbano Love he's gone the distance with Lyakovich who are guys that have been KO'd multiple times I know this is a while ago I suppose the, the more I suppose when we can make solid arguments on either side here it's probably best to, to maybe leave this one alone and just have, have a watch yeah I think the that stoppage price jumped out as being as being much too short but equally it's it's one where that I don't it's hard to put a lot of faith in Ariola necessarily surviving the distance looking at the uh the round groups Ruiz um best price even money but Eight to thirteen that he wins in the first half. Again, I thought that was a little bit short. Sixty-two percent implied that he wins in the first half feels a little bit. Again, unless I misread this spectacularly, that seems a little bit, um, a little bit tight. Looking at, as I say, Ariola's record. You know, lasted all, all those rounds of Wilder. He's only been stopped. Well, he hasn't been stopped early, um, at least in his last few um, stoppage defeats. One way I think might be to get the Ruiz KO on side might be in the in the seven to twelve. You know, you could see him. I could see him wearing down Ariola um, late. You know, piling on the pressure, throwing loads of punches, and just getting a bit too, you know, giving giving him a bit too much heat. Basically, fifteen to eight that Ruiz wins in the second half. I'm I like that a lot more um, than the Ruiz first half. Only thirty five percent implied that Ruiz wins in the second half compared to the sixty two percent. Yeah, I, I, I certainly leaning that way if, if I were to get involved. I mean, yeah. even if you want to, like as as you were saying, if you're if you're not sure that maybe Ariola takes it the distance, but but he can go rounds. Maybe if you look at the last quarter for he's maybe nine to twelve. I don't know what I don't have it in front of me now. Wait, um, it's around about nine to two. I mean, mm. that's that mightn't be the worst angle to play. And finally, the, the one fight that I mentioned to you, um, Ryan, earlier in the week, and it was a fight that I was really looking out for a price on. It's hidden away on the, say hidden away, it's it's going to be shown to more viewers in theory. Uh, Erisandi Lara versus Thomas Lamana um, on, the, on the Fox portion of the show. Now, I want to be kind here and I, I want to be kind of diplomatic, but I think this is a gross mismatch. Erisandi Lara as... I've been telling people for a long time is a fighter I rate really, really highly. And he's never quite achieved, I think, what he should do. 
but I think he, I still think he's fantastic. He's getting on a bit. Um, he's 38 years old, but I think he's still a really, really class operator. He's up now at middleweight. This is for a vacant WBA kind of nothing belt, but there's, I think there's an angle here and it's one when I was kind of researching earlier, I, you know, you get those fights where you're like, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. And you start looking at more and more markets and they all kind of get you increasingly excited. And I need to be careful here that I'm not um, kind of giving myself way too much exposure on, on a kind of fight featuring Thomas Lamana. Lara is the, the huge favorite. He's the best price, one to 25 on favorite. Um, as short as one to 100. So between 96 and 99% implied probability. Lamana is 10 to 1. He's a 29-year-old guy, lost four times, been stopped in uh, two of those four, won 30 times and drawn one. Full disclosure here, the price I was looking out for went, before the prices were announced earlier in the week was the Lara stoppage. And Lara, as we know, is a patchy fighter, really. He's, he either looks great or he looks laboured. He either wins a decision and and kind of outstyles guys and wins pretty comfortably um or he he's kind of really dialed in and he blitzes guys he's only got 15 ko's from 27 wins so for the stoppage bet to be odds on kind of says a lot i think about this about this fight um especially as the form line doesn't come into it four of lara's last five have gone the distance drawn against brian castano lost a split to herd a couple of decision wins in there as well against uh, galshan vendetti best price on the lara stoppage is uh, four to six i think that's value um and we mentioned it in in our chats earlier this week ryan i'm with you i was expecting to see this four to nine you know minus 225 two to five minus 250 four to 11 even what do you make of those prices yeah i think we are both kind of in, in agreement there that that KO should definitely be a bit shorter. I, th- I think maybe it's based on the fact that Lara's moving up to middleweight as well. Mm. But when you look at Lamana, he's he's definitely not a middleweight either. He's fought the majority of his career at welterweight and his la- only his last fight was at light middle and now he's moving up to middle as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, Lara, obviously he's aging. He's 38 years old. As you allude to, he's, he's a really classy operator when he's on his game. Um, maybe sometimes... There maybe a Cuban stereotype that that he can be kind of safety first sometimes. Um, but look, when you look at Lamana, I mean, he's he's been stopped by George Cota. He's been stopped by Antoine Douglas, who was himself was stopped by Spike O'Sullivan. I mean, these aren't really high level guys. Like, um, and as you said as well, Lara kind of either blitzes you away or he tends to go to distance. And if you look at his last three KOs, they've all been within four rounds. So I, I definitely think that the, that the Lara KO of four to six is a bit short. And I think if you can get around one to six prop on Lara, mm. might be a bit of value as well. Yeah. So that's a bit where I was, um, as I kind of alluded to that, I was getting a bit carried away potentially. Um, he's had a lot of early stoppages and it, it, they're kind of tucked in away among the, the wide decision wins or the, you know, etc etc but the the question mark I think as you say is whether he's why is there is Landy Lara up at middleweight at this point at 38 years old is it because he doesn't fancy boiling down anymore is it because he's just you know fancy something new it, that that's a question and it's always at, at that point in someone's career you think is um, is it just there because it's easier but Look, Lamana has been stopped twice by much worse fighters than Arislandi Lara, and there are a lot of worse fighters than Arislandi Lara. Um, but the four to six for the stoppage, I think, is is solid. I think one to two is fine, um, and I think even the four to, uh, the four to seven as well. Um, that's with um, William Hill and Bet Victor, sixty four percent. I would personally make the the stoppage for Lara much much shorter here especially as it's 12 rounds it's for that vacant belt so there's plenty of kind of mileage here if Lara fancies it I think the stoppage is there for him against the guy who in theory is is levels below but I'm glad that you mentioned the the group betting there because I've I've kind of got a bullet point list here Lara in the first six three to one so 25 percent implied Lara in the first four seven to one 12% 12% chance implied. You can see where I'm going with this. Sky bet again, 20 to 1, Lara to win in the first couple, 40 to 1 for Lara to win in the first round. Uh, and the over under at 
is a pick and five to six. Um, so minus 120, 55% implied. I actually think there's an argument for all of those. Um, and that's going to look quite stupid when Lara wins a, a boring 12 round decision on Saturday night. But for anyone who's kind of looking for bigger prices, I would really struggle to put them off a Lara in the first half. First three, first four. Are you going to talk some sense into me, Lara? No, I think we're I think we're both talking each other into into back in Lara room one here, aren't we? Um, but yeah, as as you said it there, it does stand out the, the one to six, especially in my opinion, the tr- the three to one you can get seems really big mm. to be totally honest, especially when you factor in that his Lara's last KOs of last three KOs have all been within, within four rounds, and as you mentioned, he'll either blitz a guy early or maybe he might you know battle onto a boring decision. And there's just such a chasm between the two fighters here that, that I mean, Lara should really be able to, to finish this whenever he wants. I think it's an interesting comparison between this and the Bivol fight. Bivol, 4-11 to 11 to win a stoppage. Again, a guy who can kind of blitz you at any time or quite patiently box his way. He's 4-11 to 11 to win a stoppage against a guy who's on paper several levels beneath him. I think this is a very similar fight to that in, in theory. Um, and yet Lara is considerably bigger um four to six as opposed to four to eleven yeah i mean i think it's pretty obvious to tell you which way i'm leaning there but i think there are some big some big uh, big value prices there i think on um Erislandi laura ryan you've been on the show before so you know very well um what i'm going to ask you next of the fights that we've spoken about what kind of jumps out at you as your kind of recommended bet for the weekend if you have one or um, where do you where do you feel kind of most confident to, to put your money? So since it's my second time on, I'll split it into two. Um, okay. I'll go with Kieran Smith to beat Troy Williamson. If you can get five to four, 11 to 10, I'd take that now. I think that's a really good price. Mm-hmm. And I'll also go uh, Parker Chisora goes the distance. I think that's another really, really good bet. Uh, Ryan, thanks um, so much, mate, for coming on. Great to have you back on again. And I dare say um, we can do it again in the future too. Cheers for having me back, Tom. Loads to get through there, I think, and hopefully that's given you plenty to mull over. And if you are having a bet this weekend, please do remember to gamble responsibly. I'll be back again at the same time next week with a preview of Canelo Alvarez versus Billy Joe Saunders. Until then, have a great weekend. Thanks for listening.